Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Let me tell you about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest way to play fantasy football this season. Just draft. No need to worry about waivers, lineups, or injuries. Underdog Fantasy handles it all for you. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft a season-long best ball team, and that's it. No in-season management. You can even bring over your home league over to underdogfantasy.com. You get $25 upon sign-up, so you can take a free shot at a million-dollar grand prize for their fantasy football tournament. Again, you get $25 free in bonus cash when you use the code 5RSN to sign up. It has never been easier to take a shot at a million-dollar prize in their Best Ball Mania tournament. Go to underdogfantasy.com, the App Store, or Google Play Store, use the promo code 5RSN, and get $25 in bonus cash. Sign up. Today, U-Brake Wheel Fix is a wheel repair and remanufacturing company with over 20 years of experience. They specialize in complete wheel repair, repairing wheels from curb rash, bends, and cracks. They also specialize in refinishing from polishing, machining, and custom colors that will suit your car's needs. Lastly, U-Brake Wheel Fix offers a full array of factory and custom wheel and tire applications. Contact them at 305-748-0112. That's 305 305- Seven four eight zero one one two, or at you break wheel fix on all social platforms. This show is brought to you by Lewis Peters State Farm, agency representing the number one auto and home insurer in the United States for more than sixty years. Combined experience in the insurance industry. Local agents that understand South Florida's unique market. You have access to them twenty four seven. Walk in, call in, click in through lewispeters.com. You can find them online on social media at SF Agent Peters, or you can call at 305-275-5585. Remember, lewispeters.com. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards for Carry. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. Simon Clancy is on assignment again. It's the same assignment, but 
He's been out for two weeks. I have Chris Kaufman here with me. You heard at the top of the show a new sponsor. That's Underdog Fantasy. Take your shot at a million dollars. Use the promo code 5RSN and get $25 in bonus cash. And we would also like to thank Manscaped for renewing with us. And I have I, I kind of have something that could tie in right with, with Manscaped. Chris, did you see Hard Knocks with the Dallas Cowboys last night? No. Um, okay. I'm trying to think what I was doing last night instead of that. But it was it was definitely something better than watching Hard Knocks with the Dallas Cowboys at 10 p.m. Like, on a Tuesday. What's better than watching? I think Hard with I the think Cowboys? I was I think I was pulling my nose hairs out with tweezers, <laughs> and that was that was more rewarding than Hard Knocks. Well, you see, it, had you have seen Hard Knocks with the Dallas Cowboys last night, you would have learned that Ezekiel Elliott uses baby powder on his butt before running before getting into pads before getting on the field now i have no i have no response to that now i don't understand why that's a thing but he was asking trainers for baby powder because he had (laughs) not powdered his ass before practicing okay and they were having a scrimmage against the against the rams so is this is this where the lebron thing came from originally I have no like idea. The the baby powder thing where he like throws it up in the air, like he had a little extra from powdering his ass. Chris, yeah, baby powder. I would suggest use the ball deodorant from Manscaped. Use mm, promo I code. See what you did there. You see promo code five RSN twenty percent off on your order. Since they did renew, I really don't understand the baby powder thing, but it seems to be a thing for Ezekiel Elliott, which. It was kind of weird to see him like, hey, I need my baby powder. I got to put it in my ass because, you know, we're playing the Rams today. You know, oh. but it was, yeah, like I would say, yeah, use the, the ball deodorant. It's better than baby powder. Who the hell puts baby powder on, on themselves in a situation like that? You know, he just wants, he just wants a, a nice and a clean A gap. <laughs> I guess. All right, so Dolphins just started joint practices with the Atlanta Falcons. and who, who of all teams in the NFL uh-huh. are the one that is 100%, like 100% vaccinated? Yes. That's the one. That's the, that's the one. And, and, like, it's odd, right? Like, why? Why Atlanta? Like Atlanta. That's <laughs> just – that's their, their deal. That's – you know, they're going to survive everybody because they're not going to have to forfeit camps. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, it is interesting, though. The, the Dolphins, it doesn't seem like the Dolphins will be 100% vaccinated, but one guy that seems to be getting a lot of run, and he had three touchdowns in six minutes today, was Adam Shaheen. Yeah, because uh, nobody would cover him. He wasn't wearing a mask. <laughs> yeah. But let me ask you what this is about. One thing I have noticed, whenever they go to 11 personnel and they have an inline tight end, it's Are never we allowed nice. to talk about this? I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> but when they, and this seems to be, this is not a bug. This is, I guess this is a feature. And that's why Adam Shaheen, I guess, is getting so many touchdowns. When they run 11 personnel and they have an inline tight end, it's never Mike Kosecki. No, no, not in, um, you mean, uh, 
ever or do you mean like in the red zone or goal at least in this camp ever oh <laughs> it's adam shaheen so i don't know is this going to be a thing going forward or do you think that this is something they were planning on for hunter long maybe I think they were planning on this for Hunter Long or possibly Adam Shaheen. I th- I think it's and and I've seen Durham Smythe in the same same position. So I mean, let's not you know it's not just uh, this is the personnel where they want to do their um their uh, a lot of RPO type stuff. I think mm-hmm. and you kind of need you kind of need a little bit more of a blocker in that situation. I think um, so. Yeah, it's it's not surprising to me. Yeah, a few features uh, today as far as what happened today in the joint, in the joint practice. Uh, Tua Tungvaloa looked like, oh, by the way, kind of breaking news, Sam Agobon is on the COVID-19 list. So, th- Thanks, Adam that. Shaheen. <laughs> so I'm just going to blame everything on him. So there is that, okay? But uh, Tua Tungvaloa today started practice, and he looked like he wanted to be elsewhere. Like, he looked completely disinterested, but... As practice moved on, he started to have, you know, some success, especially in the on the goal line. But one thing that I think is another, it's another, not a bug, another feature of this audience, uh, offense is Savan Ahmed. Spreading the field out, him out wide as a wide receiver, Falcons decided to send a safety over there, number 32 Hawkins, to cover him. And Savan Ahmed just ran right past him, Tua Tungvaloa delivered the ball, 55-yard touchdown. Is Savon Ackman as big a part of this offense as I think he's going to be? It has to be. I think a lot of the players have noticed. I think you hear hear more players talking about him. You hear everybody talking about him. And uh, and sooner or later, they're just going to have to – I mean, I I understand they're going to – they, they're probably a big fan of um, of Miles Gaskin, and they think that they got Malcolm Brown for a reason, and he's going to fill in in the spots where they want him to fill in, and so they're going to give these guys chances. They're we know the conclusion they're going to come to, <laughs> yeah. And it's just we're just waiting for them to ha- for it to happen. That's my opinion. Yeah, and uh, one uh, a little bit of housekeeping. I was talking to somebody today at, at camp, and Savon Ackman ran a four six two at the combine, but he says, and this is coming from Savon Ackman, that he was injured when he ran that four six two, and that he can actually run a four three two, and that he ran it at a pro day, but it wasn't official. Do you believe him or no? Well, you never believe a guy when he says he ran a four three two. I Which mean, means he like, ran a four a four four two. Right? Yeah, that's like that's like the dude talking about his penis size or something like that. I mean, it's just it's it's yeah. it's uh you got to look at it with a little bit of healthy skepticism. Um, but yeah, four three two translate. You know, when he says I ran four three two, that translates to four four two, and four four two looks like what he is. So yeah. no, I never, I never really believed that um, that combine time. I th- I thought there had to be something else going on there. Um, and he, you know, he says that he was injured. That that makes sense. Um, so you know, yeah, he's he's definitely much faster. Than I. He's a fast. He's a fast dude. Yeah, Kirk, uh, an, another guy, and we're just talking about this joint practice today, but Kirk Merritt also looked really, really good today. Uh, none of the other receivers, they, they all look healthy, you know, because they're out there and they stretch. They are they do all the individual drills, but when it's time to play 11-on-11 11 11 or even, 
you know, the six V eight, they nobody plays. Um, and forget Will Fuller. Will Fuller today was also on the bike, but he inched closer to the sideline, which I guess that's a a better sign, <laughs> did right? They, did they physically move the bike closer to the sideline? No, the bike is by just the to, just to metaphorically the represent that he's closer to being back. No, but it's the first time I've seen him like standing on the sideline when guys are actually playing, you know? Oh, okay. So <laughs> it's an improvement. Wow. Yeah, that's an improvement right there. <laughs> on Devontae Parker, though, I don't get it. Like, uh, when are they just saving him? I guess they're just saving him, right? Because he does the stretch. He does all the individual drills. He looks completely healthy. He catches passes in warm-up. Then when it's time to play, he just stands there. It just looks at everybody. Yeah, it's hard to tell, say what's going on. I mean, I think the most important guy to get out there and get experience is getting out there and getting plenty of experience, and that's Jalen Waddle, right? Yes. Because the other guys are are vets, right? And and to to some extent, you, you kind of expect them to be able to handle their business. Um, but uh yeah, it's 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 starting to be a little bit of concern, I think. You go through the second preseason game, you still got nothing you know, from, from Devante or Will Fuller, um, you know, I'm hoping that Tua has, has, well, I mean, Tua's got chemistry with Devante. I think that's no problem, mm-hmm. but and Will Fuller, we just, we just don't know. I mean, I'm not saying there isn't, I'm just saying we just don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know if they, they line up tomorrow and I don't know if Will Fuller is going to know what, you know, where to line up or the timing of some of the routes. Yeah. I assume uh, he's not like idle while he's, you know, working on the bike and stuff i think he's he's probably learning everything pretty well um you know getting a lot of mental reps and stuff but uh but you know it it, it's a comfort level like can can Tua feel like you know he can just give a signal to the guy and he's Mm going to get it you know yeah Uh, we'll see yeah and the guy that seemed to be taking fuller's spot as far as the things that he has to do on this offense was jakeem grant today because they're not moving jalen waddle to make up for deficiencies like he's playing the slot they're moving him around he's in motion he's he's a huge threat on offense he's i said i said on a on one of my notes uh earlier this this um training camp that I felt that the offense was kind of built around Jalen Waddle. He seems mm-hmm. to be so important that, yeah, I don't, is Will Fuller like, you know, did we, would you say that now the expenditure on Will Fuller was not as good as, as we th- once thought it was? Or, no, I think it's far too, or I think it's far too uh, premature to, uh, to, to be saying something like that. I think, I think he was never going to play the first week anyway. And, mm. You know, he's a veteran, so let's not, you know, just because he missed some training camp and stuff like that. I mean, the guy's been playing football in the NFL for a number of years now. I, no, I, I wouldn't draw any sort of conclusions like that yet. You, you wait till you see it this year. And, uh, and frankly, this time, you know, next year we could be, we could be looking at this guy being on the franchise tag or something. I mean, this mm. it's, you know, he's, he's that good. Um, and I, I don't think, it's not just Jalen Waddle, though. You know, it can't. It, it's not just him. I mean, that that's not the reason that you're seeing differences in coverage and differences in the way. Are you going to see differences in coverage and you're going to see the differences in the way that they're uh, they're defending the the team? Because if it was just Jalen Waddle, I think I think there's um, 
you know, especially if they're, they're just, you know, kind of doubting Jakeem Grant, whether he can actually haul down those deep passes, because mm. frankly, we all do. Um, so, yeah, it's it's important. He's, he's going to be an important part of this when he gets out there. You know, all hell could break loose on the offense and, um, you know, we'll see. Yeah. And the offense, you know, we've talked about it a lot and we you got to see a little bit of it in against Chicago, but it's an aggressive offense. It's a forward looking offense. And, you know, if the off if the offensive line doesn't hold up, you know, I guess that's that's what can short circuit the, their big playability. But other than than you know a couple of miscues on the offensive line today in the joint practice, I thought it was a hell of a showing by the offense. Even though some beat writers are counting sacks and some of them have them up to like double digit sacks, which is kind of impossible because the first team offense had less than twenty snaps total in eleven versus eleven. So if they give up double digit sacks, then it was essentially a sack on every play, and I didn't see that. Uh, other guys, uh, as far as wide receivers, uh, Lynn Bowden looked good today. Matt Collins has already made the team. Okay. Albert Wilson was not in uniform. He was cheering from the sideline. But let's move on to what everybody's been wanting to talk about. They made a trade for Greg Little. Thoughts, first of all, on the trade, and then we move on to what seems to be the offensive line going forward. Oh, there had been rumors that the Dolphins were seeking offensive line depth offensive tackle depth and that was that was the exact rumor and it was it was a you know it was a national um media outlet rumor as i recall uh i can't remember who said it originally lombardi it was lombardi Lombardi. it was uh, usually full of shit but uh this time uh this time the first time he's right about something this time he really nailed it um so yeah, uh, that was the rumor, and uh, and it turned out to be 100% true. I know we were talking about it behind the scenes. We were talking about somebody else, and, um, and you know, we had the wrong guy, but it was still, you know, the Dolphins were talking about these, uh, these offensive tackles, and then they ended up with Greg Little. Greg Little, uh, you know, hasn't necessarily been good in the NFL. Then again, if you look at the last preseason game he played at left tackle for the Carolina Panthers, you're like – what you know why why can't why can't that guy play you know um so uh so we'll see you know he's just uh he's just a uh another another body to throw in there we'll see if he um he works out uh the thing that i note though about this is that larnell coleman actually looked really good at left Mm -hmm. tackle in the in that last preseason game and he did it and specifically what i wanted to bring up about that is he did it against charles snowden and travis gibson those are two players that are going to make the team that are going to make uh chicago's team and in fact they were getting into into you know good amounts of rotation in the first half um and so those are those are those are real players uh you know it's not it's not him looking good against some guys just going to be you know, unemployed shortly. Um, so I'm, I'm paying attention there because I watched him in college and I, you know, I was sort of ho-hum on him because I like his frame a whole lot, but there was some, there were some issues with, you know, how quickly he was, how quickly he was moving, you know, how much urgency he had and also um, the way he used his hands and already just in the one preseason game, I see differences. So, um, so there's, there's differences and he sped, he sped himself up quite a bit and looked pretty good. 
so as long as you got a guy that has a really dominant frame, uh, coaches will tend to trust a guy like that a little bit more than they trust some other guys, uh, very, you know, early on, uh, not that they're just throwing him out there and he's going to be a left tackle or anything, but, um, you know, he's, he's a guy to watch. Like I, I'd, I'd be very surprised if he's a guy that ends up off the roster, for example, even with Greg little on board. So, hmm. Yeah, and as and as far as uh, Austin Jackson, I thought that today was a good day for Austin Jackson. I said so on Twitter that usually when a guy has you know bad day and and you know depending on who you listen to, it was either the worst thing that has ever happened to this franchise on Saturday or it was just a bad day in the first preseason game, which is what it should be. We saw this guy play against real you know, real players and real games that mattered last year. And he was okay. And he was better than okay. In my opinion, in the first four games of the season before he got injured, but okay. He has a bad one on Saturday. I thought that today was a pretty good response because he decided to go to a little bit more physicality. His punches were, were, were crisp and he seemed to be playing with an edge today. So I thought that was a really, really good sign. But we saw the offensive line. It came out again, and it's Austin Jackson, Liam Eikenberg, Michael Dieter, Robert Hunt, Jesse Davis. And Solomon Kinley is back being buried under, you know, the second team and playing a little bit of third-team snaps. And Solomon Kinley, I guess it's not going to happen for him this year. This is the second preseason game. Like, this is the offensive line, isn't it? It's not what we expected. Is Mm -hmm. it anything is? Did you expect something like this? Because this is nowhere near what we predicted earlier this offseason. You know, it's not – it wasn't the uh, odds-on favorite to me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I thought I thought right tackle for Liam Eikenberg. But um, then again, we always had to consider this a strong possibility for the sheer fact that we know how much they love Jesse Davis. Whatever it is, whatever you think of him, I don't care. You know, we, we can just go on about him and, and everything. But but the Dolphins like him a lot. And um, and they have liked him. And they gave him an extension. And he's the leader of the offensive line. And I think that's that's been the case since before, since before this year, before this training camp. It's, it's been clear that he's, uh, he's the, the leader of that unit. Um, so I think the Dolphins really want him somewhere. And, you know, I was talking to somebody, um, in our, uh, in our, our only fans earlier, I was, I was saying this, you know, he's like, well, yeah, but why not Liam Eikenberg at right tackle and, and Jesse Davis at left guard. And I'm, I'm thinking, well, you know, Jesse first off, hasn't really played left guard in a little bit. Uh, he wasn't that great when he did it. Uh, but at some point you have to t- kind of pull yourself back and look at it and say, our, if we're taking our right tackle, who was our right tackle last year, Jesse Davis, um, and we're switching him to the left side and then we're drafting a college left tackle and we're switching him to the right side. Like maybe we're overthinking this mm. <laughs> a little <laughs> like, you know, maybe we're getting too cute for our own good. And so, uh, so then you have, you know, Jesse Davis, at right tackle and Liam Eikenberg at left guard and then keeping him on the left side, um, at least where he's a little bit more comfortable, maybe. Um, so I, I think that's what the dolphins are thinking, but because they love Jesse Davis, you know, Liam Eikenberg has to go somewhere. Where else was he going to go? It's going to be left guard. It was going to be at the, at the expense of Solomon Kinley. 
And Solomon Kinley, unfortunately, for you know, fell right into it right from the start. Um, supposedly, uh, rumoredly coming in overweight or coming in out of shape, uh, somehow getting himself clearly in the doghouse, uh, whatever that happened to be. Um, and and so he walked right into it and and helped I think make the decision for everybody so now so now this is the line that we're I mean it was it was either going to be this or the other it was either going to be Liam Solomon Kinley at left guard and Liam Eikenberg at right tackle with Jesse Davis uh Mm. you know on the bench or it was going to be Liam Eikenberg at left guard and and Jesse Davis at right tackle and Solomon Kinley on the bench it was this Mm. or the other and and of the developments that we've seen happen from really day one of camp when you're hearing things whispers about Solomon Kinley you know which would you think more likely? Well, this, this one. And so, um, so we'll just see. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not quite buying that uh, Liam Eikenberg is going to be a bad left guard. I think what his first literal first week of padded practice at, an, at a new position and, and he, he struggled a couple of times, a few reps or something like that, you know, who, who gives a shit? Um, we haven't even seen him in a, we haven't even seen him in a game yet. Like, yeah. like cool, cool down here. Um, so, so yeah, well, I, I think that this is what they intend though, but they, they showed you something when Jesse Davis took a day off because his baby was born. Congratulations to him, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and who was that right tackle? It was Liam Eikenberg. Yep. So they showed a little something about what, where he is in the pecking order. Like this is a guy that they want to play. Yeah. And so if Jesse Davis goes out, what's going to happen? Liam Eikenberg's going to switch right over to right tackle. Solomon Kinley going to come back in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I think that uh, – and that's unusual for a rookie. I, I think that that's – you know, I don't think they want to put that much on a rookie's plate. Uh, they that It's not in their history to do that. So if that is indeed the case, then, then they trust him a lot. Um, and that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Travis Wingfield of the MiamiDolphins.com, he said something interesting on a on a show that he was on. He was on the the flagship station today. And I thought I thought what he said was was kind of interesting. And I had not thought about it before in the way that he said it. He said that the Dolphins, meaning the offensive staff, were very happy with how the interior line, meaning left guard, center, right guard played while Tua was, was in there, or Tua Tungvalo was in there, which means Solomon Kinley, Michael Dieter, Robert Hunt graded out very well in pass blocking, right? And that they feel that this offense works best and that Tua works best when it, he's relatively completely clean up the middle. Mm-hmm. So do you think that maybe that was the consideration? Like they think, you know what? Our more important guy is going to be our left guard than our right tackle and therefore 100% 100% yeah Um, this is a short quarterback (laughs) I mean like it or not I mean back back in back in two decades ago you know Drew Brees is like when he's the exact same height as Tua Tungabailoa um you know this is the reason Drew Brees fell to the top of the second round instead of going you know top five um and where he should have gone. Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's just height. It was just like quarterbacks can't succeed at this height. And then, and then of course we get even shorter than this. We get Russell Wilson and now Kyler Murray, who's you know even shorter. Um, 
you know, and so it, it seems like it doesn't matter, but this is still a short quarterback and short quarterbacks. You need to protect that guy right up the middle, the most importantly. Um, and so, yeah, this is, you need beefy, you need beefy guys right in the middle. I mean, this is one of the reasons that probably Michael Dieter is there at center mm-hmm. because, um, you know, if we go back to when he was drafted and I, you know, I was, I was looking at him, I saw him play multiple years in multiple different spots and um, I just didn't think he, he looked like a very interesting guard at all. Um, and then I saw him play center and I was like, well, it could be somewhat interesting. The thing that looks somewhat interesting about him at center is his length. Hmm. And, um, and that length is going to potentially avail him in keeping, you know, keeping some airspace in front of Tua Tonga Vailoa. And, um, and so I think that that's, um, that's, that could be even why Dieter is, has made that that jump up to to the first unit. Um, mm. So I think, yeah, this is this is absolutely the priority. Tua can step up and has been since Alabama. He can step up beyond outside rush, um, but he can't he can't do jack shit when it's coming right up the middle. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 if it's coming right up the middle and he has to get more depth, uh, you know, on his setup that opens them up to the speed rushers in this league that can beat our tackles and did beat our tackles in Chicago. But if you notice, uh, there was one play where it was an absolute jailbreak and Tua just stepped up and delivered a, a pass to Malcolm Brown when Malcolm Brown actually had room to run and ended up running into a defender for, uh, for no apparent reason. Yeah. He ran yeah. right into a banger, <laughs> you know, which made absolutely no sense. Uh, on the center, I'll just say this. I noticed one thing today, which was kind of interesting as well, and that's that uh, you know coaches care about these things. And I guess it does matter one you know if you you know if you believe most people that there's like 800 people getting the play call, so Tua needs all the time that he can get in the in the huddle. Michael Dieter seems to organize the huddle a lot better than Matt Skura. Matt Skura, it looks like people are just milling around back there, you know, and then you know people are just like peeking into the huddle and not paying attention. Michael Dieter's pretty good about organizing everybody to get into the huddle and, you know, play with a little bit of urgency. And I just got to say it, Tua Tungvalu seems to like Michael Dieter a lot. Well, they're that, always that matters. Talking. That matters a whole lot. So They're always talking. They're always, you know, going back and forth. And you see Tua, like, you know, gesturing with his hands. Uh, I guess he's talking about certain protections or whatever, but you see that they're constantly communicating. And it was also interesting today, Tua man. I haven't seen this in a long time here in Miami. Kind of got into Austin Jackson's face today. <laughs> There's no mm-hmm. other way to say it. Uh, you know, um, Omar Kelly said it, you know, you know, Omar Kelly's not going to mince words. I will. Cause I don't know what the hell they were saying. Maybe he was just really animated. Omar Kelly says that it was more than animated, that he was like kind of, you know, talking to him in a stern voice or maybe even screaming at him. <laughs> okay. Tua's taking ownership of this offense. And I think, you know, I think that's a good thing. It's, I don't remember the last time I've saw it here. I kind of know who used to do it here all the time. Well, you know, you know these two guys are clearly very close. You know, Tua gets up in his face. Uh, you know, Austin Jackson gets into his lap. Um, you know, I think that's uh, that's something that we're just we're just seeing as <laughs> as we go further in, into this preseason. Yeah. 
uh, everybody's freaking out. Okay, and let's continue with the with our theme here, which is the our fans freaking out. Look, you know, you guys are our listeners. You you ask us about these things, and you're nervous about these things, which you shouldn't be. It's only you know, it was only the first preseason game. So we've addressed most of it, and this is another one we'll address. Everybody's freaking out over Malcolm Brown. I don't get it, okay? I'm not ready to say that Malcolm Brown is Jordan Howard 2.0. Are you? Uh, There's silence. Uh, I'd like to see more here. You know, it, it just it, – it was totally – almost totally – there was one You were play underwhelmed. He, you were underwhelmed under, on Saturday. Very underwhelmed. There was one play that he, you know, he, he shook free. He broke a tackle. Um, that was nice to see, but um, it was, you know, just in terms of, of his rhythm back there and how quick he sees things and, and, and is he, is he really making the right decision? What does he really have to work with and what did he end up doing? You know, all that stuff. Um, it was just, it was very underwhelming just for a first preseason game. So clearly you got to see more um, one preseason game hardly makes a conclusive, you know, um, amount of evidence. So we'll see, but um, I kind of wonder if they did get Jordan Howard again, like that Howard did mm-hmm. again, like they're, they're <laughs> like, Hey, we're going to get, we're going to get a guy like we need a guy in these situations. And then they get him here and they're just like discovering he's only good in those situations. Um, I hope not. But really, I'm just more excited about Savan Ahmed. So, um, you know, yeah, I'm excited. And I want to see more. I want to see more Jordan Scarlett, frankly, because I don't know if anybody was watching in the last uh, last little uh, the last half of the uh, fourth quarter when he got in. Mm. Yeah, I think he only got like maybe one carry or something like that. But it was a genuinely good carry. Um, and and also take a look at that pass protection because if you look previous at the guys that were in there you know there were some guys in there that were getting their asses kind of handed to them in pass pro mm-hmm. um and then jordan howard got in there and he's you know he's he's sticking guys like you know so uh you know that's what he has to do now he did he got thrown a pass and he just <laughs> you know just popped right off his hands like he like which he's is fighting the ball ideal it's not ideal. not ideal like you know you're, you're supposed to catch it it's not volatile um so i think that uh you know not ideal but still if we're looking for that role player you know that sort of and malcolm brown ain't doing it you know jordan or uh, jordan scarlet could be um malcolm brown plus i'm just i'm just saying you know yeah and rounding out the running backs, uh, Jared Dokes, he, he's had a, a, a drops problem all camp. A little bit better today. Was okay in the game uh, against the Bears. But uh, one last guy, and we could wrap up the offense with this. Uh, Carl Tucker, he keeps showing up, and he shows up in the goal line a lot. I think he made this team. I, I don't know if you have. I think Seaton Carter, as soon as he got injured uh, on Saturday, I think Carl Tucker just, you know, if he was standing on the sideline, he said, Holy shit! I think I might just made the team. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. they using them out. They're using them out at the line too. You notice? Yeah, like they're they're using them out like um definitely in sort of H back, almost tight end type uh type stuff. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I, I you know I was I was not that impressed with what I did see from him in the in, in those uh you know short yardage goal line. Um, no, neither blocking. was I. But he's had some moments in camp. I would say. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's probably more important to them. So. 
you know, he's had moments in camp and, um, you know, today he was actually pretty good, especially on the goal line, you know? So I don't know. I think, uh, I think they have plans for him. I think that they want to, they want a true fullback. And I think that the, like plan a was probably Seathan Carter. Seathan Carter today was not active. I uh, will say that Hunter Long was out there today. He had on a brace on his knee, but um, he seemed to be okay. He was walking around. He wasn't, you know, he didn't, he wasn't on crutches, which is a good sign, which means at worst, it's probably an MCL, but it's absolutely not something catastrophic, which is great to see, which means that we should see Hunter Long again this season. All right. Now on defense, they've had some injuries. Okay. What I don't get is this Jalen Phillips today was dressing and was dressed and played with the first teamers, right? Mm-hmm. Every single time he's healthy, Andrew Van Ginkle gets gets thrown to the to to the trash heap and starts playing second team snaps automatically. Is Jalen Phillips that good that they they've decided and they just handed him the job from from the get go and that's it? And Andrew Van Ginkle is only going to be on second team after what was I thought it was a really promising year last year. It depends on the package, though, doesn't it? Because, yeah. I mean, we saw packages against Chicago that were Brennan Scarlett and Andrew Van Ginkel. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, you had um, Brennan Scarlett playing more right outside linebacker and Andrew Van Ginkel playing left outside linebacker. And then, and then you got into the other packages where we're looking at pass rush situations now. Mm-hmm. And um, and suddenly, then you got Andrew Van Ginkle over on the right side as the right outside linebacker, speed rusher, and you know somebody else probably more of a down lineman um, over on the left side. Um, and so I think that I think that that's um, something to keep an eye on. Uh, you know, to me, uh, what what we're going to see out of these guys because I was looking at it for that reasons because when Jalen. Phillips gives back on the field, you know, the guy, the guy that I think is, you know, kind of just like fades away, like, 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 um, you know, like in the picture and back to the future. <laughs> like, I, I think it's, I think it's Brennan Scarlett. Um, if, mm-hmm. if Jalen Phillips is healthy, um, you know, that's just, that's just my, my gut feeling, but, um, but yeah, it, it, it is something, something to keep an eye on, like how they're going to use them. But I, I kind of have, I kind of think, that that might have been a little bit of a tell um you know what we're gonna see out of uh out of van ginkle is we're gonna see right side and pass rush situations but in some other in some other situations left side um with with the other like the three the more of the three four style um Mm. defense uh you'll see him out there yeah and as far as the defensive line uh emmanuel ogba almost exclusively at left end uh, that's something you expect going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, Kristen Wilkins same, in the same spot. Raekwon Davis is still the zero. John Jenkins is spelling him a little bit. Uh, Adam Butler is actually the, the one guy that is actually playing everywhere. And Zach Sealer as well. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's a feature as well. It, it's not a bug. Adam Butler and Zach Sealer are extremely important on this on this defense. They play in many, many spots. They rush from a lot of different places. Mm. They're used, okay? They're, they're, they seem to be kind of important. 
Jason Strobridge, I guess it's it's one of those guys. Like I don't know if it's gonna happen for him. It's absolutely not gonna happen for him this year. It's just a numbers game. You look at the guys in front of him. Like where is he going? Where is he going to play? Where are the snaps? If he plays a hundred snaps this year, I think it might be too many. Do you think Tyson Render could make it over Jason Strobridge? I know they're not exactly the same and mm-hmm. competing in the same, but I mean the numbers game ends up being the numbers game at some point. So yeah, what do you think? They're two different guys. Like you watch Tyson Render and you get it right right away, right? Like if you're a scout or you're a coach and you watch this guy, you're like, okay, he's kind of angular, you know, good athlete small waist just looks great out there good looking football player jason strobridge has strong hands more burly type of guy he's more in the like kind of hybrid you know like a five tech he could play probably a little bit of three tech if you ask him to tyson renders a guy that's just gonna blast off the corner and try to get after the quarterback i think it's a it's a it's gonna be a really interesting cut down day the last the last cutdown day, which I believe it's going to be, it's the day after the last preseason game, and they got to cut what twenty three guys, mm-hmm. which is which is a pretty big cut. Man, uh, can they get one of these guys through to their practice squad? I mean, just ben- I'm just what I'm just keeping in mind though is just like last year, last year in terms of the rotation and and what guys were playing and stuff like that. I mean, it was like. It really was. Okay, so if your name was not Christian Wilkins um, or Zach Sealer or Raekwon Davis or um, uh, who's who's fourth man? Uh, I'm, I'm forgetting. Well, this year, uh, Adam Butler. Well, no, I mean last year. Last year, I'm, I'm talking about the, the defensive line. Um, anyway, uh, if you were not um, – well, Devon Godshaw the beginning of yeah. to start the beginning of the year clearly, but um, you know, or, or Shaq Lawson or Emmanuel Ogba. I mean, but if you weren't one of those um, Ogba, Lawson, Sealer, or Wilkins or Davis, like you just weren't playing. Like Devon Godshaw played initially in the first five games, and then he and then he was gone, right? Mm. But once he went out, it was basically just Raekwon Davis, Christian Wilkins, and Zach Sealer. And that's it. Like, I mean, and and mm-hmm. Benito Jones like hardly played. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, Benito Jones had forty-seven snaps all year. I mean, that's 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 nothing, right? Um, so, how many of those big burly defensive linemen can really stay on the on the roster? Yeah. You know, Station Jason Strobridge played like fifty-five snaps last year. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got Butler now. So you've still got you you've still already got Sealer, Wilkins, and and Davis, right? Mm-hmm. But now you've also got Butler. You know, he's your fourth guy. Who? Yeah. And he gets in a ton. How many, how many, how many guys do they really need? Because they don't play that many. It's not that important a position anymore. They keep like two, two, you know, burlier or down defensive linemen on, on the field at a time. Sometimes yeah. only one. And you know, because that's just the way defense is, uh, is constructed in the NFL nowadays with so much nickel and dot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they want those linebackers out there that, uh, that have more versatility, that have, you know, they can do pass rush and they can, they can do a lot of different things and move around and do that, do that um, you know, that sort of amoeba look or whatever they call it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't, numbers, numbers game can get you. And, and that's where I think that 
you may not think that a guy like Tyson Render would be competing with a guy like Strobridge because they're two different body types, two different kind of players, but it could end up that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just kind of looking, looking out. As some housekeeping, and I'm asking you because I really don't know. Alana Roberts is still on the pup, and he should be out. Uh, I guess this is kind of news because it hasn't been reported anywhere. But it's been speculated he's out at least the first month of the season. He counts against the 53 when they do the cut if he, if he stays, no, I mean, if he's, he's been on the pup the whole time. Right. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. since the start. Unless they have changed that rule, which I don't know of any changes to that particular rule. I know there have been plenty of changes to the IR thing. Um, but unless they have not, they've changed that rule, then if he stays on PUP through an entire camp, then he ends up on the season PUP and he's, and that's where like he has to sit out the first six weeks or something like that. Mm, um, okay. And that's, that's probably where they're heading with him. Um, you know, these other guys, if they get a little, if they get a little injured um, and a little too injured, I guess you could say, then what you're seeing is they're putting them on IR and waving them with injury settlements. Yeah. Uh, because that's the only way they can get them back during the regular season is, is if they do that. Um, if they put them on injured reserve without doing an injury settlement, uh, you know, in training camp or preseason, then they, they can't come back. Um, whereas during the season, what's interesting this year is during the season, IR basically only lasts three weeks now. Mm. Like if a, if a guy gets injured during the season and has to go on IR, you can put them on IR for three weeks. And, and he can come back. There's unlimited. There used to just, you could do that like with so many number of players, like maybe one or two players have them come back from IR. And it used to be like almost half the season. So they changed that to, you can do that with an unlimited number of players and it's only three weeks. Mm. Um, so it, it's a, it's definitely a huge difference in the way that that happens. But the, the key is that they can't, they can't have to go on that before the season starts because if they have to go on IR before the season starts and you don't waive them with an injury settlement, then, then that rule doesn't apply. If that change doesn't apply, they stay on it for the entire year. All right. Uh, on the linebackers, Vince Beagle has been injured. He's been injured for a while. So today he was yeah. not, he was in, I wouldn't say street clothes, but he was in like shorts and he had, he had on a Jersey, but he wasn't participating in anything today. Sam Aguavon already said he's on, you know, he has COVID. Uh, Bernard McKinney and Jerome Baker were, I, will, I, I guess we could call it load management because they played very, very little. They weren't injured, but they were, you know, they weren't very active today. And it looked like, you know, they were basically told, you know, you know, don't take the day off, but take half the day off. Shaquem Griffin, he has to have made this team already. He just plays way too much. He's on every single special teams unit. So he's probably made the team. Now let's move on to some sexy stuff. You know, there was a tight end in town today, right? How many? Well, on the <laughs> Dolphins, 800 of them. But yeah, on Atlanta, one uh, on Atlanta, one very, uh, uh, what's the word? Enticing tight end. Number eight, which is really weird to see because he wears number eight. But Kyle Pitts was in town today. Oh, man. And he got a ton of targets today, Did which he? meant, yes, that which meant they're that, just rubbing it in that. Yeah. They, they wanted to make sure, look, this is who we drafted. You couldn't get him because you traded out of here. 
So what are you going to use against them? Oh, you're going to use Eric Rowe. All right, we're going to throw a lot to Kyle Pitts today on 11 versus 11. By the way, I, I got to say Matt Ryan looked great today. Uh, his arm looks a lot stronger, and I think he's going to love. By the way, that's a really talented team. I thought, uh, Russell Gage, Calvin Ridley, and Kyle Pitts, that's a pretty good group of skill position players. All right? Hmm. Kyle Pitts was targeted a ton today. You know what Eric Rowe did to him, right? Well, I mean, depending on which videos you're watching and which uh, beat writers you're talking to. <laughs> exactly. Well, Eric Rowe had the, the 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 highlights of the day, and he had the rep of the day. Uh, in my opinion, Eric Rowe kind of erased them. Like Kyle really? Pitts had, yeah, he, Kyle, Kyle Pitts had one notable catch, which was like a, a little option route for 12 yards in the middle of the field. Tackle came in right away. But he got tried twice in the end zone. Two BBUs, PBUs by Eric Rowe. Nicely done. So, yeah, erased. I'm not going to go as far as Omar Kelly. Omar Kelly said that that Kyle Pitts was essentially invisible. <laughs> but I guess he, if he's that important of a, of a figure on that offense, and all you can point to is a 12-yard catch down the middle after getting targeted all day, yeah, applause to Eric Rowe, right? Nice job. Definitely. As far as everybody else, uh, Javon Holland, he's, I guess he's just being asked to do one thing and one thing only. He's playing single high and McCourty is taking some of his snaps. I don't know. He's still still first team, isn't he? He is. Javon Holland is first team. McCourty. No, I know. McCourty is first team is what I'm, what I've been hearing. Well, I mean, he was, he was in the game. He was in the Chicago game. He was in the game and Holland did play into the third quarter. Okay, he, he did. Played he played. He played a lot of snaps, but I mean, McCourty was first string. But it's you know, it's it's kind of odd to see. You know, it's it's hard to see who's first string and who's not. You know, because today mm-hmm. when they went eleven versus eleven, Javon Holland was the deep man, and McCourty was out there, but so was Eric Rowe. So they were using three safeties. You know, and then uh, Justin Coleman was shuffling in every once in a while. But you know who I'm not mentioning, and I think he's had a great camp. But he's just not playing his usual position, although he played it some against Chicago, and that's Nick Needham. Did yeah. they just decide to just hand the position to Justin Coleman? Although he's looked good. But did, did Nick Needham lose his job for no apparent reason? Maybe, maybe. But um, I don't know. I, I don't think they would think of it that way because the, the reality is he may have temporarily – taken a step back at the at the slot position first off if justin coleman gets out there and he struggles for like a game who's going to go in so um you know so he may have taken taken a temporary step back at the slot position but he take he took a much more longer term and probably more significant step forward as essentially the i don't know the um you know the the next of uh, the next of kin of uh, of basically of uh, of Byron Jones or Xavier Howard on the outside, and that's a mm-hmm. huge thing because that was that was what Noah Igbenogany was being groomed for, mm-hmm. and, and what he was drafted for as a first rounder. And Nick Needham, of he's undrafted. He, you know, he comes from much humbler um, beginnings that way, and um, and so he has. I think it is safe to say with the camp that he's had and the 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 way that he's playing on the outside um you know basically Xavier Howard gets injured who's going to go in it's not it's not going to be Noah Igmanogany 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's an important thing because they have promised to revisit Xavier Howard's ske- or contract next offseason. And that to me means, you know, yeah, sure, they could give him money and, and do a new deal. But really, you know, maybe he's just out of here. Um, and, you know, or and or Byron Jones, you know, who knows? So so I think that they're always kind of on the clock with those two really high paid guys, um, knowing that that they're not always going to be here. And Nick Needham, on the other hand, is like, <laughs> if, if he's, if he's the guy that's going to inherit one of their positions, then, you know, he's got it made. Like that's a, that's a long-term boon for him. So he shouldn't be complaining. All right. And wrapping up here, I think that, uh, you know, you never want to say that injury has hurt a guy as far as like getting playing time or his place on this team. But I think injury has hurt Brandon Jones severely. He yeah. hasn't been he hasn't been around for the last few days. Well, meaning, you know, actually playing in uniform, in pads. Mm-hmm. And I think it's hurting him. I think I think all those snaps are getting gobbled up by everybody else. And pretty soon they're going to forget about him. And it's going to be a little bit a little bit of a while until he, he could ease into, you know, his older roles. But who's the- taking who's taking his snaps? Because this is interesting to me because we, we know Javon Holland is pretty much almost exclusively being used in that center field, that deep center role. And whereas Javon Holland, if you look at the way he played in, in college, especially the last year he played, um, of course, the last year of college, he took the year off. Um, but the, the previous year, the way he played, you'd, you'd have suspected that maybe even Brandon Jones and he could be, you know, competing with each other for some snaps in, in those roles. Uh, instead, the Dolphins reached back to what he was playing at Oregon like three years ago, which was more mm-hmm. deep center stuff and deep safety stuff. Uh, and and he's been used almost exclusively there. So, um, you know, if if Brandon Jones, like who who is replacing Brandon Jones? If Brandon Jones is not going to play, like if he's losing his his role, like who's replacing him in that role? Uh, Jamal Perry is getting a lot of those snaps. And do you think that that's going to happen in the regular season? He's been good. I think Jamal Perry, you can't complain with uh, about the way he's played in camp. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe they just say, you know what? Brandon Jones is a bigger investment there. And we're going to put the, our finger on the scale when the games actually matter. And maybe that hurts Jamal Perry in the end. Is his pedigree. His pedigree is not as good as Brandon Jones. They didn't spend a high pick um, on Jamal Perry. But so far, it looks like, you know, this injury has really hurt Brandon Jones. It's, he's missed. This is a long, this is a while already. This is a week. This is an entire week. There's been 14 days of camp. He's missed almost 10 of them. So he's in that Will Fuller boat. But he, you know, he's not making $11 million a year like Will Fuller is. So I don't know. Yeah, I just happen to think that when they get to the regular season, they're going to really want the, um, the more physical presence, but we'll, and we'll see, we'll see if Jamal Perry can do that. Um, can be that more physical. I mean, Brandon Jones is not exactly a big guy. So, yeah. Um, so it's not as if Brandon Jones is, you know, towering over and, and, you know, so much beefier and stronger than Jamal Perry. Um, I just happen to think that when the regular season gets here though, you know, they're going to, they're going to want, they're going to want a little bit more of that physical presence or want to make sure that they've got that nailed down. And, 
you know, we'll see. We'll see if, uh, who that ends up being. I, I happen to think that, in, you know, at the end of the day, it's probably going to be more Brandon Jones, but, um, but we'll see. All right. And wrapping up, you know, camp for the week. One last guy. Uh, good snaps today, by the way. And a couple of good snaps on Saturday. Trill Williams. Any shot? They're going to keep 11. I don't think so. Um, I mean, you never know. But I the way uh, the way I saw them play during the game, I thought that Javaris Davis might be the guy with the the um, the eleventh leg guy. up. Yeah, the leg the leg up to to try and and get that just by where he was in the rotation. I mean, you notice when he played in the game mm-hmm. versus when Trill Williams was playing. Yeah, um, it seemed like he might be ahead in the in the packing order that way. Uh, so we'll find out. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. All right. Atlanta Falcons Saturday night at 7 PM Eastern. They're at home. That's going to be a lot of fun. I guess the starters should go. Well, Brian Flores hasn't committed to anything, but he said at least the first half and possibly further is his exact quote. So I don't know if that means that Tuatonga Bailoa and the starting, the starting units are going to play into the third quarter or not. You know, preferably I think just cut the game into into two halves, right? Have him play the first half, and then have the second team play the second half, right? Like that makes mm-hmm. much more sense. But what are you interested in seeing on Saturday? Because this is going to be as close as as we're going to get to what we'll see in Week One against the Patriots. You know, I, I will. Let's cop out, but we'll see what we see. I, I want to see some of the players that didn't that we didn't get a chance to see as much on in the first game. I want to see I want to see more of them. You know, I want to see some more of these players that um, that see what they've got. Um, so that's that's kind of what I'm looking forward to most. I think um, you know there there's some there's some guys from the the, the bottom of the deck that kind of had some arrow up games and, and I'd like to see if they can keep the momentum because you really need to keep the momentum in order to, if you're one of those guys. Um, but yeah, it, it's interesting, you know, can we, can we get a bounce back from Austin Jackson? Can we get, you know, hmm. all that stuff. I mean, all there's, it's, it's not hard to find the storylines here. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, well, I mean, I, <laughs> Shit, I want to see more of a uh, Savan Ahmed. I want to see if he's just like electric and making like all kinds of plays and stuff because mm-hmm. he looks kind of like that. He looks like he, he kind of might be. So, um, so we'll see. Yeah, and I want to see much of the same. Like against Chicago, they allowed their first first down with 27 seconds left in the first half. Like that's a good thing. The score was 13 nothing at that point. Then they gave up that field goal. That was not a good sign. Where they. They give up a drive with 40 seconds left for a 53-yard field goal. Like, I'm pretty sure Brian Flores didn't like that too much, and he actually made a point of it uh, when he came back from Chicago and he did his first presser. He said that was the one thing that he took from the game that he was disappointed in. He wanted yeah. to keep that. He wanted to keep that scoreboard at zero for the half, but it didn't. So I want to see some more of that. Like, you know, I don't really care about the scoreboard, and you're not supposed to in a, in a preseason game, right? I'd like to see them kick the crap out of somebody in this first half against the Falcons, right? I'd like to see Tuatonga Valoa and engineer a couple of touchdown drives. Yeah, I mean, the one thing about the Chicago game is, is there any doubt that we probably win that game in the regular season? 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, me, we win it. We win it comfortably. Maybe it's not a, I think, I a think massacre, but yeah, they win by a couple of touchdowns. You know, I think I think that would have been a comfortable win. I mean, it's not saying much because you know just, they didn't really look like that impressive of a team to me, especially in offense. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, uh, so so this will be a nice test. Like, just, who looks like the better team here um, between Atlanta and and the Dolphins? Uh, mm-hmm. Because it should be the Dolphins. If, if yeah. they're living up to expectations. And I think it's going to be a fun test for the defense. Like, if anybody's wondering, hey, you know, Tua's kind of like lighting up our defense. Maybe our defense is not that good. Well, you got a good look of, look at them against the Bears, and they look really good, right? But that wasn't a great offense. This is a sneak. Well, let's, great let's offense. be fair. That interception was – I mean, you can't say it looked really, really good when he throws that pick in the end zone and takes points off the board in very limited duty. No, I'm talking about you know? the, the first team defense, the Dolphins first team defense. Like, oh, okay. I thought you were talking about Tua. Like he looked really good. Like, I was like okay. Well, Tua Go looked on. really good until he, until he did it. <laughs> well, that's what, I, but that's what I mean. Like, but it, but it was limited time and that's a big, that's a big mistake, you know? Yeah. So. But uh, I'm talking about the, on, on the defensive side, uh, I thought they looked great against Chicago, but you know, that's not a very good offense. It just really yeah, isn't. That's and, true. Uh, that's true. And they're missing, and they were missing their, their, their top wide receiver, uh, which I keep forgetting is Allen Robinson. He wasn't in, in uniform, so he didn't play, you know, mm-hmm. but you know, on, to be fair to the dolphins, you know, Jalen Phillips didn't play Emmanuel Ogba didn't play and neither did, Baron Jones or Xavier Howard, and they still had a pretty good performance. Well, this time it's different. Matt Ryan has a really good offense. Okay. Calvin Ridley, Russell, Russell Gage, they're all playing. Kyle Pitts will be out there. You know, let's see a nice little performance from, from the Dolphins defense. And, you know, you know, maybe hold them to a touchdown for the half. And you can hang your hat on that and say, hey, you know what? Pretty good. So, and I believe they play Atlanta too. So it's going to be interesting, right? Like you play a team that you played in the preseason, you play them in the regular season. Yeah. I think that's always, that's always really tricky, but I mean, kind of, that means, that means there's, there's going to be some, there's going to be lots held back, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm pretty sure they're going to be a little, a little vanilla, but I'm kind of excited for the game. You know, this is a real opponent. It's perfect. It's a perfect opponent for, for, uh, for this team, I think, especially on on the defensive side, because they're going to be tested. Matt Ryan, I think, looked really, really good today, by the way. Mm. He looked really good, so it's going to be fun to watch on Saturday. All right, that's it. There is no more. The next time we talk to you, we'll be talking about what happened in that game against the Atlanta Falcons, but till then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, 
or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.